Every week we do a Q&A with interesting and accomplished members of the adaptive community to find how they persevered, how they innovated, how they built communities, and how they found solutions. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast, where we talk with interesting and accomplished members of the adaptive community. Today, we have my good friend, Liam Flanagan. Liam, uh, interesting story. He is actually on a college tour right now. So he's in California. He said that he wants to go for someplace warm right now. So we'll see how that works out for Liam. He actually brought me to his school at Andover High School this past year. We did a name tags presentation there. So it's really appropriate to have Liam doing a name tags podcast right now. He just finished his wrestling season, broke his nose during the wrestling season. He is a student advocate with the Disability Alliance. He has been working with Congressman Moulton. We're going to talk about a bunch of these things, but Liam, thank you very much for joining us. Hello, thank you. This is awesome. So I want to get back actually just a little bit before this whole thing, Mm -hmm. because I know that you and my father actually had a pretty good bond because you started mono skiing with my father and it was a bit of a dicey decision in some ways right because back then whether you were going to be able to mono ski whether you were not and uh you and he kind of pushed it forward and made it happen it sounds like yeah oh geez <laughs> yeah he, he was the first one that actually believed in my mono skiing path Push me off the hill, push me, uh, getting me back up if I fall down. The faith, the patience on that man is just <laughs> saint-like. It's magical. Well, he actually was there with me when I first learned to mono ski, and we did not go to a program. We thought we could figure it out ourselves. So he was often trailing behind me, holding on to the seat with on his ski boots without his skis on so that he could slow me down and direct me and then we get to a wide open space and say okay let's see what you can do let's see if you make it work so if i didn't have anything to run into it seemed like it could be relatively okay how much did that experience though of learning to mono ski when a lot of people thought i mean you're you're a guy with cerebral palsy how many when people thought that you might not be able to do it how much did that help push you into some of the other things that you've done recently? I actually started skiing when I was like three, standing skiing, uh, and then I hated it. Um, My knees started collapsing. It's cold, and my baby self is like, I need my waffles and hot chocolate, and I quit. Uh, And then... I did ski hockey uh, for a little while. Um, and then my mom was talking to the ski hockey moms. Uh, and ski I'm hockey. At, so what's ski hockey? Ski hockey is when you sit down, you have two. So, so like the sled hockey. I'm the most athletic, non-athletic person. I'm sorry. Uh, what is the thing that you hit? the puck with the, the the sticks right so you've got the sticks so this is sled hockey sled hockey that you're talking about okay that we've seen like on the paralympics and stuff okay yep. you have two sticks they have spikes at the bottom and you push on the ice yep. while sitting down and then you flip uh to the 
to the hidden side and you whack the puck and then you stop by just slamming the ice very violently and then you repeat hit push uh violent stop and sometimes i'd imagine for me i've actually never played it but the violent stop for me probably would be when i'm running into the boards at the end not hitting anyone just running in myself honestly me too it's uh, it's 50 50 it's a learning experience for sure so my mom was talking to the ski hockey moms and uh they're like oh my god liam should do skiing and um my mom's like he has and he hated it it didn't work out and he just can't do standing up and they're like standing up what are you even thinking we're standing up with the most sitting down and just mind-blowing experience <laughs> and she um was like, hey, Liam, do you want to do skiing? Uh, and I'm like, no. And he, she's like, it's sitting down. I'm like, what? That's not a thing. And then we went to Waterville and tried it out a little bit. And uh, now I'm 17 and I still love it. So. You used to love it. So did you start in a mono ski? Did you start in a bi ski? In a bi. Okay. Uh, and but then two skis. Okay. Yeah, two skis. And then your dad and one other person wanted me to move on saying how he cannot learn um with a buy let's try something else and part of that was that you wouldn't be independent right on a buy ski independent right so then a on a mono ski you could be independent what was your thinking when they said uh, that you should move from the buy ski to the mono ski were you in favor and of it you're seven and you're like ooh, uh, you're just your thought process is like oh new thing i'm in so <laughs> and and how did it go you were in you were committed i was a cardio workout for your dad he got some steps in what, what do you mean he got some steps in was this you falling like, over and he had to come pick you up mm -hmm. my 77 pound body lifting up pushing um fitbit was going nuts how, how did it work, though? Do you remember when you got, like, your first turn in a mono ski? You know, I mean, that you're falling a lot, but when you get that that feeling of the independence that you were looking for, when did that happen? What did that feel I, like? I think seeing your dad's red face, even with him huffing and puffing, everybody has their doubts about me, and then he's like, I, I see something. I see some hope. And that made me feel some hope. Does that does that transfer to like the rest of your life? I mean, one of those things like skiing for me was transformational. Mm -hmm. It was it was 
my ability to share the mountain, to share the outdoors, to share something that I loved with my family, with my friends, to be a peer, to be an equal. How did that change or did it change the way that you looked at yourself like at school or any of any of your other endeavors? My family is a big scene family. So it was nice to connect with them in other way because I can't do I can't do football I can't do the other sports that they do uh, so I got that down and it really showed other people um, that disabled people can do sports and I love how I can do that just on slopes skiing independently you're convincing other people did you have to convince yourself too or yeah i falling is not fun (laughs) it's not the most motivating pushing thing so uh, it's a little 50 percent team 50 percent mental and then it's all physical at that point it really it gets to be physical how does how did that change any of the physical things that you were doing? Did you do training? Were you preparing yourself for the ski season? Were you getting stronger? Were you putting on more than 77 pounds? Hockey's not the best transition. You should not transition into being a hockey player into a skier because it is hard. Because hockey stops is, like I said, very violent. And ski stops is very smooth. So when you do a hockey stop, when you're trying to do a ski stop, it's a tire, it's literally metaphorically a 360. You're, you're, you're painting a picture for us here, Liam, that, that does not sound very comfortable. The, uh... My little kid brain was having fun. I'm like, ooh, that's a new direction. I love, I love circles. It's my favorite shape, uh, second to triangle <laughs> circles are your second favorite shape to triangles really why is yeah. that uh, love it's very unique and i relate to that when how old were you when you first started skiing were you seven is that what you said yeah seven and kept going back and back and you're 17 now so so 10 11 years of uh of skiing are you pretty good at it now I like to say so. Not to toot my own horn, but I can do some blacks here and there. My go-tos are blues, but if I feel a little dangerous, sprinkle in some blacks here and there. The dangerous side. You said that you're you're a wrestler. When did the wrestling start? Wrestling started when skiing started. So when you were seven. Yeah, and I really love group aspects. Uh, you cannot find the better group of people than wrestlers. It's the nicest community. It's very wel- welcoming. Um, I mean, like everything, there's going to be some heads um, with a disabled person joining a, uh, like a majority of able body sports, but it's good. Whoa. What was uh, so? What prompted you to want to wrestle? I mean, you said it's a great community, but you didn't necessarily know that it was a great community before you started. I'm assuming. Uh, I'm part of a big wrestling family, uh... so 
my cousin Russell's and Lawrence. Shout out to the Crabtrees. Love them. And then we got one other cousin who wrestles for, I want to say Lawrence. So that's so that's what brought you to, and are these cousins your age? Are they older? Are they younger? Uh, John is my age. The other one, I'm not as close. He's like a freshman in college. Freshman in college. Okay, so a little older than you, but not too much older, really. Wow. So wrestling, because wrestling is... It's a difficult sport, right? And this it is, is it's this so is one-on-one. If it's amazing how up, long, how tired you can get in it in those what three periods? Is it three two-minute periods? Is that what it is? Yeah. Uh two minutes. Two minutes. Amazing how how tiring that can be, right? Exhausting. And when you mess up, it's on you. It's not like football or the defense were off the the offense the quarterback sucks and no it's on you if you mess up and it's and that's a lot of pressure but then you hear your coach just yell at you team clapping and uh then you feel a lot better it's a team sport too right as you said so so at each weight class you either have a winner or a loser and that determines which school ends up winning. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so you have a responsibility to the rest of your teammates too, to be, to, to to be good, you know, to go out and and win your match and, and help them get to, you know, to, to being the winner of the, uh, of the actual overall thing. So what is that? What is that pressure like? Because because wrestling is one of those. I mean, wrestling. I mean, it's a, it's an ancient sport, right? I mean, wrestling is is mano y mano. I mean, wrestling, boxing, some of these things that are that are sort of pitting you as 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 a as an individual, as the person. Like, what's your strength versus someone else's strength? And there's nowhere to hide out there. What is what is that pressure like? Do you like that pressure? Is that part of the appeal for you? My teammate says that wrestling is the only sport that you can lose and still win at the same time. And that's a very motivating quote uh, that every wrestler should follow. Because even though you lose you're still up by a pin so 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 is it a cumulative score like if you win five to three or if you lose five to three it's it's a two-point differential so where pin, somebody in another pins are six points mm-hmm. forfeits are six points then if you win by points it's two it's two okay so that's how it's going so pins and forfeits are are the most beneficial. Mm-hmm. What it, you said you were seventy seven pounds at seven years old, so a lot of sevens going on at that time. Yeah, lucky number. Lucky number seven. That makes perfect sense. What uh, what do you what did you wrestle at this year? One fifty two. Yeah, very competitive. Uh, uh, lots of one fifty twos out there. And did you have to, you know, were, were you 
did you have to make weight? Was that something that was difficult for you to get down to 152? Were you having to, I mean, wrestlers often talk about right. that, <laughs> not getting to drink, not getting to, you know, sweating it all out, trying to, not getting to eat and then making weight. My natural weight preseason is 164. And my wrestling season body is 152. So it's a tough at the beginning. It's a lot of working out. And then when I'm there, I'm there. Really? You don't fluctuate very much in between no. in between matches or anything? No, not really. And you finished your season, your wrestling season. Are you getting back up to 164? I haven't checked. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm working with the trainer. To not get there. To stay at your wrestling weight. To stay at let's, 152. Let's just say I don't look 164. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. And how how did the season go? I mean, you talk about the, the team. For team, how did it go? For you, how did it go? Sadly, I only got one win this season. Broken nose kind of pushed me back a little bit. Broken nose. You you didn't mention how you how did you break your nose? What what happened there? Um, my coach is like, hey Liam, let's practice some moves together, and I'm like, okay, awesome, one on one time with coach. Who who would say no to that? And then we were working on snap downs. I snap them down. Snap down. So what's a snap down? It's in the name. You snap them down. Okay. Just, what? Uh, like pull, you're grabbing the arms and you bring them down. Okay. And so he thinks we're done. I accidentally follow and we bump heads. Oh, you bump heads. And so, oh, so you, you bump heads, but you bumped his head into your nose. Mm hmm. And it was. Crazy. That's just one of those you hear too, don't you? When it when it happens, it seems really loud in your head. Yeah. So like we have one of the coach that broke it. He's like, no, it's not broken. It's fine. And one coach is like, no, it's broken. It's completely. That's not how noses look. And we got one coach like, ah, it's just bloody. So that's it. And, and did you go into, you said you had surgery. Did you go into surgery right then? No, we, I broke the nose Thursday, had surgery Tuesday, and then back to school Thursday. So you missed, you missed effectively a week of school and came back with a nose job. Pretty much looking stylish. <laughs> you look good though. You're looking good. Thank you. No, no one would. Really no good. one would know. Wow. So what's uh? So with the with the skiing, with the hockey, skiing, wrestling, and then you also you brought me. You brought our name tags program to Andover mm -hmm. with your disability alliance group at Andover High School. What is what is the Disability Alliance group or club, really? It's more of a club, right? It's a club at Andover High School trying to help people understand different disabilities and how to be a better ally. 
and it's been around for two years now. So is this something that was your idea to if start? I, uh, I was at Crumble Cookie with my aunt uh, and just a little, it started as a shower thought and then into reality. How, how did that become reality? I mean, you guys, you and your aunt discussed this. And then did you take it to someone in particular at school? Do you bring this to the principal and say, I want to create this club? How, how does that work? How do you create a club like that? Like, like everything, it needs uh, to start off as a planning stage. So we had little bullets. I like this. I like that. I don't like that. And who's we? Me and my aunt. Sorry. Oh, it was the two of you who, who yeah. were kind of creating, doing the brainstorming part. Okay. And, and then we say, this works, that doesn't work. And then eventually get a smaller idea, which I then introduced to my principal. And then he's like, that's awesome. You just, uh, just got to find a teacher to be the executive executive uh, of the club. And right away, I knew who I wanted. And he was in right away. And then I filled out the form and bada bing, bada boom. And who was who was that teacher, and why did why did he appeal to you? Uh, he is my chemistry and physics teacher, Mr. Bletzel, and I love his energy. You complimented on his laugh. He has he has one of the biggest heartiest laughs that I have ever. I mean, that was it's, what we probably had a thousand kids in the in the auditorium. And his his laugh echoed through the whole place. It his was presence is just it, it's mind blowing what he can do with his voice. And I um like I need that voice in my club. I need that energy. And what did he say when you asked him if he would if he would be the the teacher representative for the club? He first thought it was already a club uh, because it's such a good idea. Uh, that he's shocked that no one else has come up with this. And then I'm like, no, I've looked at all the clubs. And he's like, oh, that's that's weird. I mean, it's very easy to start a club. Re really easy to start a club. Really easy. And, and now who, who, else, who else is in the club? I mean, it's not just people with disabilities, I'm assuming, right? We... Are very diverse. Uh, we're mostly football kids. Um, I kind of played ourselves uh, and directed into uh, and over moms, and then some person in and over moms. Um, got me into the local newspaper and then lots of football moms read that and then 
tell the kids. So it's mostly football kids with um, different disabilities and then not even disabilities. And I'm assuming it's it's both male and female as well, right? I mean, yeah, so it's majority male. Um, trying to trying to work on the female aspect, but not there yet. Not there yet. And but you did originate this with your aunt, so so you certainly have a lot of female influence and buy-in, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. What what kind of what kinds of things do you do? I mean, obviously you were you were instrumental in organizing, getting me to come to your school, and wrote a tremendous email to some of the leadership, the the principal and vice principal, talking about the merits of why you thought we should come here. Is that part of what you're doing? Is is seeing opportunities and ways to connect the audience to some of your mission and and to really make an impact or how do how do you how do you move forward how do you approach it guest speakers is a big part of the club uh for sure and that takes time we're trying to get into group services uh, um working with different nonprofits and so I get tons of numbers from different nonprofits that want to work and then they go and then the ghost me. So that's hard to manage. It's like when your heart is there and you really want to work and then you got tons of other factors that hurt and it's very, it's very hard uh, to manage because you got tons of nonprofits that want want to talk to you, and then they don't. And then you got wrestling, and then you got homework, and then you got to manage hundred kids. But it's a, it's very. Um, but what I can do is very fulfilling. Well, and 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 I think that also, I mean, this is this is such a big part of of your education too, right? Obviously, you're going to school, you're doing your classwork, you're playing your sports, but at the same time, this this club is is your connection in some ways to the real world too. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to look at that as part of your education? Because there is that frustration of this group should be affiliated with us or should help us out or whatever, but then not, not being able to, to get them on board the way that you think you should. It's that frustration moving forward. How do you, how do you, how do you look at it? It's very eye-opening getting into social politics, uh, just like local politics. It's, um, which is an aspect that most club beginners um, don't really think about, but it plays a big factor, that local politic aspect of it. Um, Is is this part of the reason that, because you've been doing an internship with Congressman Moulton for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
part of why you wanted to get involved in that? And it, you said two year, a two year internship. What does that entail? What are you doing? So we meet once a month, talk about what's going on in Congress and um, the federal government. And we try and talk about different policy ideas to uh, bring to Seth trying to get the youth aspect. So one day, one month is education, one month is transportation. And it's like a group of 15 kids. Group of 15 kids. How did this come about? Did you have to apply to, to be an intern? Did you write an essay? How did that work? I filled out a form. Um, I learned it from the school, from my school. Sent out a big email, filled out the form. And then a couple of days later, uh, I got an email from Seth Milton saying how um, he likes my profile and I'm in. And, and what do you feel that you have to offer to a group? You're one of 15 students. What kind of a voice do you bring? Uh, I'm the only one with like a physical disability. So I can speak on that. It's a very, um, it's a very small um, fraction that most people don't think about in politics. Well, it's small and it's not, right? I mean, the, yeah. the International Paralympic Committee, their whole their whole ad campaign was about 15% of the population, right? The 15% of the population has a physical disability. And in the world, that's 1.2 billion people. So it's small and probably small in the way that in some ways it's like... Uh, it's mind-blowing how much people have a physical disability and how much people who don't think about physical disabilities because it's that it's the same number right and so your job is is to help them think about people with disabilities is that your job as you see it yeah i i um if there's a person that says this thing i'm like that doesn't really align with um, ADA or anything disabilities here's my take or like that does fit with my beliefs uh, but here is how we would make it more accessible uh, there's many different topics that align with disabilities but most people think it doesn't align like, for example, the environment plays a big part in disabilities, and people don't really think about that aspect. Uh, and 
I'm there to give that other side. That to moment. give that other other side, that other kind of opinion. What do you see? Like this is it's kind of an interesting situation, right? Because you have school, you have you have your club, you have your sports. But this is this is again, I mean, more so than the club. This is this is in the real world. What kind of what kind of skills do you feel like you have to bring to the meetings, to the topics in order to really help the team? It's helping my public speaking. There's some things that I got to work on, but it, it helps a lot. And it helps big time on my time management. Um, that still need, it's a lot of things that needs improvement. There's, there's some cadence issues here and there, and there's some like, my binder's a mess, but um, different factors play a big part into little things. You're starting to see what it sounds like is you're you're starting to see where some of these things could really could really benefit you in places that you want to put some effort to to make yourself a more viable member of the team. Is that yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah. So even though athletics is very different from South Melton, I pick different pieces from athletics to bring to South Melton. And I bring different pieces to my club uh, and bring it to wrestling. You talked about your public speaking. What are you doing to improve your public speaking? How do you how do you work on that? Because that's what 95% of the people in the world or something like that consider speaking in public to be scarier than death, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's so a fairly scary hard. thing. Like, I'm still a kid with a New England accent, and it's not the most proper of cadences. So uh, I'm like, water, water. Not, not water, <laughs> butter, and it's just like I really gotta focus on these little details, uh, and completely drop my kid voice, uh, because my kid voice does not match up to my public speaking voice, and. It's very hard. Sometimes I slip up a little bit, so uh, I apologize. But like, um, I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, no, this is this is awesome. But it is it is hard, right? I mean, with your with your club, you have you have a teacher representative. With your wrestling, you have a coach speaking is something that needs that needs that kind of input as well right are you yeah i'm only 17 and i'm doing and i'm talking to thousands of people so do you have a coach no i'm trying to find people trying to build my resources 
What about just in watching? I, I've found that to be helpful. Obviously, Seth Moulton is a is a really charismatic speaker. Uh, is is that something that you learn from being around him, from watching him as well? I'm a very observant person. So <laughs> I pick up different paints and uh, like different bits and pieces of other people's voices. Um, so my brother Ben talks very different from my brother Aiden, for example, and I blend them together and get this voice. This voice, which which it's also important to have your unique voice too, right? I mean, that's that's often the challenge is trying to take what you like from other people, but then also make it your own. And so I, I really gotta focus on my voice. So when I speak, uh, I'm like, I, I don't really like that. If I say this again, I, I'll, I'll face it like this way. And then if that doesn't work, it's very, um, check, checking the boxes. That's how I think of most things. It, it really is. And is there, is there a time frame that you're looking at? You said you're 17, you're looking at colleges right now. What's the time frame for you? Do you, do you say, well, I, I want to be at this place by this time. I want to continue to work on it. I want to find opportunities to work on it. How do you, how do you approach a uh, you know, in a lot, a lot of ways, what's a lifetime skill where you can continue to improve throughout your lifetime? I find that I'm not to uh, have a big head or anything or show my ego, but I, I'm, I'm at a higher point than most kids at um I, I i like no one at my age is talking to thousands of people no one's doing this podcast uh at this age so i am at a good start i'm at a good basis so if we can grab teachers and grab different books and videos I want to get a better cadence that matches that like a consistent cadence that I don't gotta adjust uh, by freshman year of college that by freshman year of college so this is, so you're a junior right now, you're starting to look at schools, you'll apply to schools next year and then and then go to college. That's mm -hmm. the plan, right? That's the plan. <laughs> My voice, I have like five different voices and it switches like that and I don't, and it's a fun little game. <laughs> And I just want one good, solid voice, and this, and that's it. Just one if that, good. If, that makes, if yeah. that makes sense to you. 
Right. And and the interesting part about that too is that once you get there, then there's going to be something else that you're going to need to do, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is always fun. I don't know. Uh, so so yeah, so so the public speaking part. What are the other parts that you take out of this in this uh, internship too? Like seeing how how laws are made, seeing how how an individual can help shape the lives of of many people. I don't know what what are you, what are the other things that you're taking from this internship? I was very into politics, I like prior. So it means a lot to actually be a part of this. And it's very mind opening to see what's going on. Um, Because some kids have like better ideas than most Congress people. And that's all it, it, and that's fun to hear. I'm like, why Why is this person I think of this? You are 15 and speaking better than person in their 30s. The people who are running our country. Why do you think that that's the case, that, that someone in their, someone at 15 years old can have better ideas than someone who's running the country? Um, it's a beautiful question. It's a lovely question. I, I think technology plays a bit aspect. We have more resources than that 30-year-old in Congress. So we can do more research. And all they got is their little um, bubble of their non-diverse town. Interesting. So, so what you're saying is that that as a result of of technology, you have the ability to see a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that it's also more personal in some ways too, right? Yeah. I can pick what who I want to hear, and I can pick what resources. Like if I want, if I'm feeling a little liberal today, I I can go to CNN and if I feel a little bit conservative and I want to hear those points, I can always go to uh, the Daily Wire or something. And if you are in the, um, in your thirties or something, uh, all you got is your little town and that's with the same talking points so how so as you're getting older then because we're all getting older right i mean with every second we're all getting older how do you how can you ensure that you keep an open mind that you can continue to see a variety of different viewpoints and, and still maintain that personal connection to what's important. You really want to have that. And if you really want to, you can do it. 
And if you really don't want to, it's very easy to still be like that little bubble 40, 30 something rule. But, uh, but are there specific uh, techniques? I mean, it's, I mean, desire is, is one part, but it seems like it, it can be really easy to, 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 to go down a route where, where you feel like you feel like you're, you're getting more and more informed, mm -hmm. but, but it might be, it might, might be less open-minded potentially. Yeah. Uh, just talk to people. People very, uh, love to talk about their beliefs and I can, and say this personally because I love talking about my beliefs. <laughs> about your what? But beliefs. Your I, beliefs, uh, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Like, I like I said, my my kidness <laughs> kicked in. Um, but yeah, everybody's very open um, if you really push for you, those conversations. Do you have an easy time? talking to a variety of different people, I think that that can be a challenge for a lot of people, you know, that talking to people who aren't necessarily just like you. Um, it takes practice to get that mindset of not being afraid. And it's very... Um, like you, I, I I can't give ways to be more open because my versions of being more open is very much me and it does not work for other people. So even though I want to help people break out of their shell i can do it just not in that way hmm. okay what do you consider the impediments i mean in some ways like our reasons for talking to someone i mean you and i are in a similar situation in some ways right in that 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 oftentimes the the disability part of our lives is is really visible and 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 we can get questions that aren't necessarily the questions that we want to answer you know we can we can get condescension we can get pity we can get uh you know short-sightedness some of these things are are some of those are, are you more empathetic uh open-minded when when talking with someone new because of that education that's in some ways been foisted upon you. The early stages of life, I had that annoyance. I'm like, oh, this question again. And then you get older and then you're like, oh, this question again. I'm a, I'm a pro at answering this question. It's so just maturity. So just maturity and being able to comprehend that question and answer it in a way that is meaningful for you, where sometimes the question isn't necessarily as thoughtful as the answer. Is that some of what you're saying? 
like the same age that asked me as a kid is the same age that is asking me as a teen. It's still these little preschoolers. <laughs> so I can't really be mean to them if I want to. Well, I mean, but part of it is that you have to that you have to educate people as well, right? I mean, and and, and in some ways that for us is a particular kind of deal, but at the same time, it really is the case for all of us as human beings to be able to try to connect and educate and and be seen for who we are and and be able to see people for who who they want to want to be as well. So can, can we can we switch it up just a little bit? Can I ask you five quick questions? So you can't take longer than a, than a minute to answer any of these questions. Gotcha. On my feet. Gotcha. You're, you're on your feet. You're ready to go. Okay. I am ready to go. So so we're so we're talking to Liam Flanagan, who is who is going to answer our five questions coming off of his uh, wrestling career. What inspired you today, Liam? I had a very good breakfast for you. You had a really good breakfast. And the weather. And the weather. What's the weather like? Uh, it is It's very sunny. It's a little bit windy here and there, but the, the sun is very... Um, I, oh, and also my cousin Brent is, is my uh, little ride and um, getting me ready for the day. Love him. All right. What's the best way to stick up for people? The best way to stick up for people is to you can't really do stuff when the bullying is happening uh other people can but that's not how i roll so i talk to the after effect so i i, I talk uh about uh to the person who gets bullied and get their vent i'm the venter um, I'm the person who gets the vents. They can vent to you. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. So, so that's the best way. So, in helping, helping to encourage them, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Just listen is a big portion of. Yeah. Well, we don't listen as much as we should, right? <laughs> Pretty much. People love to talk. We do. That's for sure. Has there been a most influential book that you've read this year and why? This year, not so much. Um, so I, I, I can't find any books right now. I don't know why. No? Okay. What, but in your in the past, has there been something that's been, has there been a book that's been really influential for you? There is a great book called Out of My Mind. And it is about this person this kid with cp she's in seventh grade and she is paralyzed and cannot speak and it kind of goes through her life with still uh with cp 
very eye-opening as a person with CP. I, I've never really seen or heard the spectrum of it. Mm -hmm. So I could really relate even though I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Even though, so, so yeah, so she couldn't, she couldn't walk, she couldn't, she couldn't speak and you're yeah. on the other end of the spectrum. Did, did, even though you're on the other end of the spectrum, did you feel like that book spoke for you too? Yeah. We're, we're going through the same conversations uh, with other people and we're basically going through the same stuff just in different ways. Just in different ways. Exactly. All right. So you said, you said you don't, you haven't had as much time for books this year. Have you had time for movies? Do you have a favorite movie? One that really speaks to you? I love Little Miss Sunshine. It's a classic. I feel all the emotions in that movie. I feel joy. I feel sadness. It makes me cry. It makes me laugh. And I love it. And can you give us a little bit of a synopsis of what Little Miss Sunshine's about? It's about this kid who gets who lives in Kentucky and gets into this competition in California and needs to go on this little road trip with her dysfunctional family and little um, arguments happen here and there and eventually they get to the pageant. They get to the pageant and oh you probably don't want to give away the give away the ending so that people will watch it. It's it's not the best uh, overview, but it's but that's what happens. It's just like family dynamic of issues, and then you get some character growth throughout the trip. We've talked a little bit about your CP, about some of the learning process, the learning of the mono ski. Has your disability given you anything? in your life? I mean, you often hear about what it's taken away from you, but has it given you anything? I wouldn't be on this podcast if I didn't have the disability. Uh, I, I wouldn't do the things that I would do. It's very motivating. I wouldn't be on Seth Milton because I don't have the perspective that I have and the ideas that I have. I wouldn't uh, I, I I wouldn't really be as motivated if I was so able-bodied. That's not does, does the unique nature? This is just a follow-up. I was only going to ask you five, but this is a follow-up to that one. Does the unique nature of your perspective help you to represent, like say, with a with a Seth Moulton? Does it help you to represent people in general in a better way? I like to think I'm representing people in a, a good manner, but there's so many spectrums of disabilities. So I have CP and a other person also has CP and can't speak and talk. So I, I don't think about those factors, but I can uh, think in 
broader terms and I can still talk about these things in an yeah. effective manner. Exactly. No, no, that's great. And and the struggle of the struggle of being a human being, right? I mean, we 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 see it in different ways, but but at the same time, we're we're all we all have our our challenges along the way. Liam, thank you so much for taking time out of your college tour to talk with us. It's just been a great time to get oh, to yeah. talk to you. Really Always. appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for bringing me to your school this past year. That was amazing. I mean, a thousand kids. It was, it was a great time. I'm glad that we could get that much people, that many people. That many people. It was amazing. And and you have to give yourself a pat on the back for for making that happen. That's as a 17-year-old, that that is something to galvanize a thousand kids in your school. Definitely to... something to put on the college resume. I think I think it is. I think it's I think it's your college resume, but I think it's more so your life resume. This is this is continuing to build your life. So thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it. And thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed your time with us. The greatest gift you can give us is to tell your friends. Please tell your friends to tune in. Please like us. Please follow us. Please subscribe. And we will continue to bring you great content. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.